Castaway Show with Dave Dolan. Hello, Anza. You're tuned in to 96.3 FM, KOYT, Coyote Radio, Anza's very own radio station. And you've just tuned in to your local source for fishing reports and information. I'm Dave Dolan. I'm here with the Castaway Show. Hope you'll join me now for the latest reports and information I have, uh, some more fishing stories to tell you about, boating tips, fishing tips, and I even have a recipe for you. So I'd always like to hear from you. You can reach us at 963koyt.org. Let me know what you think of the show. If you have any questions, if there's any topics you would like me to cover, or better yet, if you'd like to come in and join me here, I'd love to have you in here for a guest and we can just talk fishing. You can also join us at the phone at 763-56, let me start that over, 763-5698. That's 763-K-O-Y-T. You can reach us there too. I do have an announcement to make that this Saturday, May the 6th, we have a fundraiser dance for the radio station. It's going to be right down there at the community hall. Starts at 6, goes on till 11. And what a deal we have there. For a $15 entry fee, we have an open beer and wine bar. We're going to have four bands with live music. And we're, as a special bonus, we're going to have pizza from the newly opened pizza factory here. So that's going to be a great time to get together and see what the radio station is about and do a fundraiser for us here. Unfortunately, I am not going to be there. I really feel bad about that, but I'm going to be on a, well, I like to call it some field research. The rest of you call it fishing trips. Me and a couple buddies are going to be way down south in Mexico fishing the Sea of Cortez, and I'll be leaving this weekend, so I'll miss you at this one. But I hope you can join the rest of the radio station and other friends here in Anza at that dance. So stay tuned now for this episode of the Castaway Show. Okay, everybody, I'd like to go into the fishing report. We'll start with our mountain lakes that we have up here in, in uh, Riverside and San Diego counties. First, I'll start out with Lake Hemet. The reports are they've had a couple of pretty good trout plants there recently, and the shoreline fishing has been pretty good. The shoreline around the campground seems to be the best spot. The baits working best would be your Berkeley power baits, your doe baits, and then there's a bait called mice tails put out by Berkeley. Basically what it is, you just pin it on your hook and it looks like a little mouse tail. It's scented, and I know from my own experience, the fish really like that a lot. So Hemet's a good choice for trying your trout fishing. Another area for trout fishing, if you want to venture a little farther south, is just down in East San Diego County. A real favorite of mine is Lake Cuyamaca, just south of Julian. They've had two recent plants of trout that really turned on the action there. The biggest catches have been up to eight pounds. The best re um, reports on catching the big ones, if, if you have a boat, is try trolling down the middle of the lake with um, your Rapalas. That's, that'll get your bigger trout. However, the planter trout are also working around the shoreline on your basic power baits and doe baits. They've also had a uh, kind of a turn on there with the bass fishing. It's not normally known as much of a bass lake, but they've had a couple eight pounders landed there this last week. So that's another good species you can target at that lake. Looking just down the hill from us at Lake Skinner, they've had some excellent bass fishing. It's mainly the spawning bass in the shallows there. So they've had some really good fishing right around the uh, launch area and the marina there. 
Also, if you move around some in a boat, the striped bass are doing pretty well too. They're mainly going after the topwater baits, your um, jerk baits, your casting baits. That's kind of a visual fishing to do. Wherever you see them breaking on the, uh, on the shad or any other kind of action on the surface, try targeting them with your surface baits. Also down the hill at Diamond Valley Lake, they actually snuck in another trout plant. I thought we were all done at the lower elevation lakes, but just in the last week, they put in 3,500 pounds of trout. They did say that this is going to be the last trout plant of the season though. On the bass fishing, they're reporting fair to good on the bass fishing, pretty much like they're catching them up there at Skinner. And also they are getting the uh, striped bass are hitting pretty good there too. Now, if there's a bass fisherman out there, I'd like a little help on this because I gotta admit, I'm, I'm not too much of a freshwater bass fisherman and there's some really good bass fishing to be had around here. So if there's a listener out there that can maybe join me sometime, I'd love to get in here and maybe get a little educated myself on bass fishing. Looking at the uh, saltwater scene, we had kind of a slow uh, period over here the last week or so. You know, up here in Anza, we had an awful lot of wind up here. I know there was a lot of wind out in the desert too. Well, that wind continued and it went on out over the ocean too. It was extremely rough conditions offshore. I know in a couple of recent shows I talked about how the yellowtail fishing, the bluefin fishing was good, even a 210 pounder recently caught off Oceanside. But because of all this rough water, it pretty much shut down any boats going out there. It was pretty much just a safety factor. So not too much to report on there. Inshore, it's just fair fishing on your calico and sand bass right now. So, you know, when it's slow, I gotta say it's slow. I'm not gonna exaggerate it at all. And it's, I'm sure it's just a temporary little dip that we had in the saltwater fishing. And that's mainly due to the weather factor out there. But we do have a lot of opportunities on your freshwater lakes with the bass fishing picking up. We still have some trout at your mountain lakes, Cuyamac and Skinner. So we do still have our possibilities of what we can do out there for fishing right now. Okay, there's another part of my fishing port I'd like to do right now, but this is gonna actually be my topic for the night. This last weekend marked the opener of the trout fishing season in the high Sierras. Now, I think this is probably the biggest fishing date in the state of California. You know, there's, it's always uh, a big news like the, what day did the first tuna get caught? When was the first marlin caught? But those dates can vary quite a bit. But there's one date that's, that's engraved in stone out there, and it's the trout season opener for the Eastern Sierras. It's always gonna be the last Saturday in April. You never know what to expect up there. It can be anything from nice balmy weather to white out snowstorms or anything in between. Well, the reports I have, I do have some early reports on what happened up there at the opener, is they had really had a big wind blow on Friday, the day just before the opener. I know talking to a few people, they were afraid it was gonna be a blowout, but fortunately they woke up to nice, calm, cold weather that Saturday morning. Reports were that most of the lakes, it was down in the low 20s, but that wasn't enough to keep the fishermen down. They got out there and the reports I have is generally it was pretty good fishing there. Of course, any of the lakes above the 7,500 foot level are still iced over. And I do know some people that went up there and went ice fishing. I saw some pictures of a friend of mine up there that she sent out to me and 
just beautiful weather, bundled up a little bit, but blue sky, lots of snow around, right on the ice, and they pulled in plenty of fish. But then um, the lakes that were ice-free down below that 7,500-foot level, they reported a pretty good opener too. There weren't any large trophy trout caught. The biggest report I had was out of Crawley Lake. An 11-pounder was caught out of Crawley. But generally, I would say from the reports that I have, and there'll be more coming in later, it was a, I would grade it between a C plus and a B minus on this, on the opener. I know on one of my earlier shows I did, I talked about the early season trout opener in the Eastern Sierras. That's always the first of March. This is something that was just started about 10 years ago, and it's kind of fun, but it's fishing just in the very southern part of Inyo County, pretty much between Lone Pine and Independence. A couple of the streams there and a couple of little lakes. It's a lot of fun. I've been up there with my boys on that early opener, and it's a good way to get started in March. But the opener now, this one at the end of April, is, is the big, big circus that goes on up there. I'd like to talk a little bit about that area. I don't know if you've ever been up to the Eastern Sierras, but I'm talking about the Highway 395 corridor. If you go down the hill from Anza, get on the freeway down in Temecula, Bishop is right at about 300 miles north of us. Mike called Bishop is kind of the epicenter of the Eastern Sierras. It's in the Owens Valley. It's at the 4,000 foot elevation, but on the west side of you, you've got the high Sierras. You're looking at 14,000 foot peaks. And on the east side of you, you've got the, east, the White Mountains at 14,000 foot peaks. Beautiful area, just, just a wondrous vacation land to be at. Well, from Bishop, you have the biggest option for fishing right in Bishop is you take the Highway 168 West, which goes up the Bishop Creek Canyon. The Bishop Creek forks in both the East and South Forks. There are plenty of National Forest campgrounds along this stretch. I've stayed at quite a few of them up in that area. And then the two main lakes to fish up there, you have Lake Sabrina, which is at the 9,100 foot elevation, and then South Lake, which is at the 9,600 foot elevation. Now, obviously both these lakes were iced in for the opener, but as I said, a friend of mine was up there and did pretty good at Lake Sabrina. So, but during the summer months, when the campgrounds open up, this is just excellent fishing. The Bishop Creek Canyon, all, all up and down the creek is stocked real well on trout. And it's just such a beautiful, gorgeous place. I particularly like both Sabrina and South Lakes. I've taken my car top 12-foot aluminum boat up there. It's really nice for boating and generally really good fishing. Another option you have from Bishop, you can't do it right now with all the snow, but something I enjoy away from the fishing, you can take Highway 168 and go east out of town, out of Bishop, and you go up into the White Mountains. This goes up to the Bristlecone Pine Forest. Now this is a very unique area up there. The Bristlecone Pines in this particular area, these are the oldest life in the world. These trees are over 4,000 feet, 4,000 years old. The, and the thing about it, they are probably in the most hostile environment you can imagine. The forest is all between the 10 to 12,000 foot level. You can imagine the winters they have up there, the wind, the snow, and somehow the oldest life on earth is right there. Now I've, I've gone up there, my wife and I have really enjoyed hiking up there. Now I've seen the oldest tree in the world, the oldest life in the world. It's the Methuselah tree. However, I don't know which tree it was, and I think it's a good idea that the Forest Service does that. 
Because if it was advertised and put out what tree was the oldest tree, I'm sure it wouldn't take long before there'd probably be vandalism and initials carved in it. So you know that when you're up there hiking through the, the ancient forest, you've seen it somewhere, but you just don't know quite which tree it was. But that's also a, a real pretty spot because from there, you're looking down at the Owens Valley, 10,000 feet below you, and then you're looking directly across at the High Sierras, all those 14,000 foot peaks. Now this Highway 395, the whole stretch there between, well, farther south at Lone Pine on up to Bridgeport, you're going along the east border of three national parks. That would be Sequoia National Park, Kings Canyon, and Yosemite National Parks. The nice thing at Lone Pine, just south of Bishop, is you're looking up at Mount Whitney, the highest mountain in the lower 48 states. I know that mountain well, I've been on top of it five times, but all along there you're looking at just a beautiful wall of the Eastern Sierras, you can sure see why, why it's National Park. Now going north from Bishop, you gain some elevation real quick. You go from 4,000 foot up to just over 7,000 foot. The first place to turn off is Tom's Place. It's about 20 miles north of Bishop. Tom's Place, it's an old, kind of an old trading center. It's the old cabin, the old general store, some rental cabins there. It's been there for over 100 years. It's really a unique, scenic spot. Flowing down from the mountains at Tom's Place, is, Tom's Place is Rock Creek and the Rock Creek Lakes Basin. I really like this particular area because, well, once again, when you drive up the Rock Creek, there's several National Forest campgrounds on the way up there. You get a lot of fish stocked at all of the um, campgrounds going up. And then Rock Creek Lakes themselves, you're at the 9,600 foot level. Now you're driving up to these lakes, you're up in some real high country. And the nice thing about all these high lakes you can drive to, whether it's out of Bishop, Tom's Place, Mammoth, June Lakes, all these lakes, you can also hike up into some real high lakes that go way above the elevation of what you drive to. So anyhow, from Tom's Place, turn it off, going a little farther north on, on Highway 395. Next you have Probably, well, if I say it's my favorite spot, I'm gonna be saying that about every place I talk about because they're all favorites of mine. But um, the next stop up, it would be Convict Lake. Now, this is a real popular lake. You can drive to it. It's got a really nice National Forest Service campground. I think it's close to about 90 campsites there. Some of them good size. You know, we've been up there with our fifth wheel. You've got Convict Lake, the Convict Creek flowing out of there the Convict, Convict Lake Resort right there, the store, the marina, the rental cabins. And um, you've probably seen Rock, or excuse me, Convict Lake because Convict Lake has been used in several commercials, car commercials, food commercials, whatever, because it's such a beautiful setting there. It's just, well, you can see why they go there to take all the pictures. Convict is also a real favorite spot for weddings. I've seen several of them take place right on the shoreline. Can't think of a better way to start off. It's a real beautiful spot. Well, going up from Can Convict Lake, probably about another 10, 15 minute drive north of Convict, you get to Mammoth Lakes, Mammoth Mountain. Now this is probably the real center of the Sierra vacation land. The town of Mammoth is a full service town, I guess maybe seven, 8,000 people population. Of course, during ski season, when it's going good, it probably soars up to 30 or 40,000 people. But it, it's really a good spot to use for a, a base camp for your fishing, hiking, camping, vacation, whatever. We've done it a whole lot of times ourselves. Now, from Mammoth 
you go up to the Mammoth Lake Basin, real pretty spot. You've got a series of lakes up there. You've got the Twin Lakes at Mammoth, Lake Mamie, Lake Mary, and Lake George. You also have Horseshoe Lake, but they don't put trout in that one. It's a volcanic lake and fish wouldn't make it in there. However, these other lakes, they're really excellent fishing. We've spent several vacations ourselves at Lake Mary at the campground right there. Now, the nice thing about it is all of these lakes in the Mammoth Lakes Basin, they all have small little boat marinas where you can launch your own boat, you can rent a boat, launch a, get out there in a float tube. And they all have, um, you know, small little marina stores where you can get your fishing supplies. It's just really an ideal spot. And then from most of these lakes, when you're on them, you're looking up at the big mountain, that's Mammoth Mountain, 11,058 foot elevation. It's covered with snow this year. It's really a sight to see while you're fishing, looking up at the, at the big hill up there. One nice thing about the Mammoth Lakes is there are several trails out of Mammoth Lakes where you can hike up to some high lakes. Beautiful area up, up in that spot. I know I've um, hiked up to some of them when I used to uh, do my mountain climbing days and hiked up to some high peaks up there. You can go down below Mammoth to the headwaters of the San Joaquin River. That area is also stocked with trout. You've got uh, the Devil's Postpile National Monument, the Rainbow Falls, real scenic, nice hikes down through there. And the whole area, all these lakes, the San Joaquin River, they're all stocked with trout. So you've got a lot of opportunities for, for fishing in that area. Now Mammoth Mountain, I've, well I've talked about it on previous shows, they've had a lot of snow up there this year. The only access to the Mammoth Lakes right now is either by snowshoe or snowmobile, and it's gonna probably stay that way for quite a while. So it's gonna be a little bit later start to the fishing season on the Mammoth Lakes Basin. But the latest word I got about Mammoth Mountain is they are gonna stay open for snow skiing until 4th of July weekend this year. And then after that point, it's just a matter if they have enough skiers, they'll stay open. I've even heard rumors that if there were enough people that wanted to ski, they would actually ski until next season. They'd be able to ski all summer long. I heard some reports saying that in certain areas on Mammoth Mountain right now, they've got the equivalent of a six-story building depth of snow. So just keep in mind, when all that snow melts, those rivers are gonna be running high and fast, and it will be some tough river fishing on some of the streams, but Later on in the season, it's gonna be really good. Now, also from Mammoth, you got access to Crowley Lake. Now, Crowley Lake is a, is a reservoir. It's not your typical high mountain lake, although it is located at about the 7,000 foot level. <coughs> Excuse me. Now, Trowley, Crowley Lake, it's huge. It's got a dam that forms the lake, and this is where people generally go for the big trophy trout. There's something about all the nutrients in the water at, at Crowley Lake. They stock it in the fall before closing and the fish have a phenomenal growth rate in that lake. Now I fish Crowley Lake on my float tube and there's something about those Crowley Lake trout. They have got some real shoulders on them. They've got some real girth. They aren't like these uh, hatchery trout that you get that have been fed on trout food raised in cement ponds. These, you've got some real trophy fish in, in Crowley. I've heard reports that people have been out on Crowley Lake and they've seen, there's actually seagulls that fly over up there, that they've seen seagulls land on the water 
and the seagulls all of a sudden disappear from down below. Now, I don't know if that's a fish story or not, but if there's trout that big that can eat a seagull, they would, you would find them in Crowley Reservoir. Now, going north of Mammoth, the next spot, another one I really like, and we spent a lot of vacation time at, would be the June Lakes Loop. Now, the village of June Lake, it's a lot smaller than Mammoth Mountain, and it does resemble a little alpine village, kind of like being in the, the Alps or something. Really a pretty spot. June Mountain also has snowing. It's not quite near as big as Mammoth, but Mammoth's got its name for a reason. I guess it's so Mammoth big. But they do the snow skiing there. But also, in the June Lakes Loop, you've got a series of lakes. You've got June Lake, Gull Lake, Silver Lake, and Grant Lake. The first three of my fish quite extensively, June, Gull, and Silver. The one I particularly like the most is uh, Gull Lake. I've done some, a lot of float tube fishing. I've caught a lot of trout in that lake. I kind of got my spots figured out. But it's a smaller lake, so it's not that hard to get around on a float tube. And it's generally really good fishing there. You also have some good fishing at June Lake. It's a larger lake. And Silver Lake, it's kind of an in-between size. It's also another one that gets stocked. Now, in between all these lakes, you have Rush Creek, which gets stocked real heavily. And generally, you get some real trophy-sized brown trout out of, uh, out of Rush Creek. Now, downstream from the Mammoth Lakes, Rush Creek drains into Grant Lake. Now, Grant Lake, in a way, it's similar to Crowley Lake. This is the reservoir. It's dammed up. I've been up there over the last couple of years, though there was such a lack of snow that Grant Lake, the lake, was almost just the river going through there. It wasn't very big at all. Well, that's another one that's changed everything around. It's really a large lake, and it will be this year with all the runoff going in, into the Grant. That's also known for your big trophy-sized brown trout in Grant Lake. Now, going farther north up Highway 395, the next town is Levining. Now, Levining is it's best known because it's right on the shore of Mono Lake. It's more of kind of an eco-tour type place. People like going out around uh, Mono Lake. Now, Mono Lake, it's a salt lake. There are no trout in there. I think the only life in Mono Lake would be uh, there's brine shrimp that live in there, but you know, you're know you not going there to go fishing. It is pretty popular with kayaking, though, because you've got the uh, tufa towers, the pillars that come out of the water. It's, it's kind of a surreal feeling to be out there kayaking, but it's, it's really quite a unique spot. But going west from Levining, that is your east entrance into Yosemite National Park. You go up over Tioga Pass, which is at 9,992 foot elevation, and I can assure you right now that one's going to be closed for a little while. There's a couple lakes up there I fished at, both Ellery Lake and Lake Lundy. There are a couple of real beauty spots. The one thing about Lake Lundy, it gives you access to a basin there where some people have actually got the grand slam of trout. They've caught all five species of trout in a day in the Lundy Lake Basin. So that's a really good spot to try. Now, I'll just go up the road a little bit more. The next town would be Bridgeport. Bridgeport, it is such a beautiful town. It's up at about the 7,000 foot level. When you go there, the first thing you're gonna think of is, this isn't California, this is Montana. It just looks that way. It just dropped dead gorgeous there. Well, going west from Bridgeport, the road spur turnoff goes about 10 miles in. It goes to the Twin Lakes at Bridgeport. Going up this road, you're going along the Robinson Creek. There are several campgrounds along there. We've stayed at some of them, really enjoyed ourselves. 
the Robinson Creek gets stocked real heavily with trout, and then Twin Lakes gets stocked with trout too. They call the uh, Twin Lakes area, they call it Yosemite without the crowds. It is that spectacular, really a beauty spot. Now the big thing out of um, Twin Lakes at Bridgeport is people target big brown trout out of that lake. The state record drought, brown trout was caught there a few years back, but a 28 pound brown trout was caught there. Now I said 28 pound trout, that is tuna size. They do get big ones there, and that's what a lot of people target when they go fishing at the, the Twin Lakes and the Bridgeport area. Well, anyhow, that's kind of a quick rundown of the Highway 395 corridor, the Bishop to Bridgeport. This has got to be probably the prime vacation spot in the state of California. It's got it all there. You start in high desert, you're looking at high mountains. You can actually look up and see some glaciers from there. And it's got just such abundant fishing there. It's just unlimited trout fishing up in that whole stretch. I've let you know of a few of my favorite spots there. I will say that out of Mammoth Lakes, I talked about the high lakes you can hike to out of there. I caught my first ever golden trout hiking to a high lake out of Mammoth Lakes. But people that catch golden trout, they're kind of like deer hunters. They don't give up their spots. But I can tell you, they're up there. So anyhow, if, if you've ever been up on the Highway 395 corridor up there, you know what I'm talking about. And if not, give it a try. It's a great spot, even if you're not a fisherman, there's abundant camping, scenery that just never ending. And it's just one of the beauty spots that we have, not just in California, but in the whole lower 48 states. Well, everybody, now it's time to go into my recipe. Well, after talking all that Sierra trout fishing, guess what my recipe is gonna be tonight? It's gonna be trout. Well, this one isn't real extravagant, but you know, when I think about the Sierras, all the times that we've had in that area, it brings back such memories, and I'm gonna talk about my favorite breakfast to have when I'm camping out up there in the Eastern Sierras. I like to get my trout. Maybe I haven't finished them all off for supper the night before. This is kind of basic, but it's, it's just, I was just thinking about breakfast up in the High Sierras. I like to get that trout. You know, I've cleaned it, gutted it, I've also washed it out good. I like washing it out in that good mountain water too. There's no um, city water taste to it. I like to uh, use some Lowry salt seasoning on it, both inside the body cavity and on the outside. I like to put a little garlic pepper in there too, like to spice it up a bit. Then I like to just wrap it up with some bacon strips. Throw it in the frying pan just like that, and it sure cooks up good and smells good. Now remember, you don't want to overcook your fish, fresh water or salt water, so once that inner body cavity just starts to turn a little bit opaque, it's done. You don't want to overcook your fish, you don't want to burn your bacon. Well, after that, I put it off the side, get a couple eggs, scramble them up, get a little bit of campfire toast going, and boy, do I have a breakfast. Enough to keep me going good through the day. Okay, everybody, I'm gonna go into my boating tip. Now, I've been talking about freshwater in the high Sierras all this time, but I'm going to go into a boating tip that has to do with your boat and saltwater. Now, if you have a boat and a trailer and you launch it in saltwater, you know good enough that when you get home, you have to flush out that engine, hose off your trailer, your fishing gear. You don't want saltwater to stay on anything for very long. Well, think about this, though. When you launch your boat in saltwater, if you're going out for the day, You've launched your boat, you bring your trailer out of the salt water, and it's sitting up there all day long with that salt water on it. 
Now, just last week, my wife and I, we took my boat down to San Diego Bay and we had a slip and we were down there for three days. So my trailer was sitting there for three days after I pulled it out of salt water. Well, something I learned a little while back, and it's something I do all the time now, is whenever I launch in salt water, I always take along a large container, large um, water container of fresh water, or better yet, you can take one of those uh, pressurized pump-up garden sprayers, fill it full of fresh water, and you wanna wash down your trailer as best you can. The most important part to wash down is if you have brakes on the trailer like I do, those brakes really take a beating in salt water. So most important, make sure you hit the brakes and if you got water left over, hit the springs too, wash them down. Also another tip is that fresh water you're bringing with you, put a little shot of Dawn dish liquid in there. Dawn dish liquid breaks down salt water and it, and it, lather, it lathers up really good to break down the salt. So do that. Always remember, you don't want your boat to sit out there all day long with all that salt on it. So take along that big jug of fresh water or that garden sprayer and hose down all that you can with fresh water without letting that trailer sit there all day long. You'll get a lot longer life out of your trailer if you do that. Well, everybody, I've enjoyed bringing this show to you, talking about the High Sierras. Boy, just talking about all these places where I've spent so much time up there camping, fishing, enjoying it. Boy, I, I just about talked myself into uh, doing a trip up there soon. I think I'm going to wait a little bit longer with all that snowpack because a lot more will be opened up a little bit later into the season. But uh, just talking about it sure brought back a lot of good memories. Also, want to remind you once again that we have the dance Saturday night, May the 6th. $15 admission. It's going to be a real fun time and a good fundraiser for the radio show here. And also, remember, you can contact us at 963koit.org or on the phone at 763-5698. Love to hear from you. Love to maybe have to be able to talk some fishing with you, too. Now, I'm going to be off here for the next couple weeks. I'm going to be doing what I call a field research the rest of you call, go, call it going fishing, but, you know, somebody's got to go out there and check it out. But anyhow, two buddies and I, we're taking off on a trip way down south Baja. We're going to be fishing the Sea of Cortez. So in the interim in that time, you may hear after this show, you may hear a repeater show, repeat or two of some of my earlier shows. But I'm sure I'll have a lot to talk about when I get back. So enjoy being with you here. And I look forward to the next time we get together and we can cast away.